Welcome to our Deep Rooted Podcast, a weekly podcast featuring our latest live Bible study, as well as other encouraging messages and teachings from our hearts to yours. Tonight, I want to talk about something about being aware, but also being at rest. And the topic of being at rest has been in my heart for a few weeks now, um, learning how to rest even though there's work to be done. Because we've been doing a lot of work um, in our personal lives, in our ministry life, and getting this building ready. There's a lot of physical work that we had to get done to be able to move into our space. And so it's really tiring and and really uh, exhausting when you focus on the work, but there's a time for us to be at rest with things and also be aware of things. And I know they kind of almost contradict themselves because being aware is kind of, you're actively aware, you're actively looking out for something or you're you're on guard at, at all times. And when you're at rest, you're usually just relaxed and there's nothing going on, not really paying attention to anything, you're just resting. And there's something supernatural that the Lord has empowered us to do, and that is to be actively at rest. Actively at rest. And this is something that we're, that we're all working on. It's a journey we're all going towards, and I can definitely continue to grow in this area. Um, a lot of things are just, uh, can be overwhelming when you look at them too long, when you focus on them for too long, um, and it can start to make you weary and drag you down. So when you take your attention off of everything, all the problems, and you rest in the Lord, and you know that the Lord's protecting you, and the Lord's providing for you, then your rest will start to kick in. Your rest, and we talked about this last week, or two weeks ago. When was the last time we were here? Two weeks ago, about resting in grace, and staying in that grace of, of God, and how His His grace is sufficient for us. But I want to specifically kind of just talk about where we're at in the world. A year ago today, we were in a pandemic, and I guess we still are technically. And people were shutting down their businesses. They were locking up their homes. They were, they were running, and they were in fear, and no one knew what was, was going to happen. And the Lord put in my heart to talk about, um, talk about being aware of what's to come, being aware of what's happening in this current day, and being at rest, knowing that the Lord's protecting us, the Lord is providing for us, and the Lord has us covered um, underneath His wings. And so the first scripture I want to go to tonight is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. And it says, but of, the end, uh, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety... Then sudden destruction comes upon them, as travail upon a woman with a child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief. You are all children of light, and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us be watchful and sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. So this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church of Thessalonica, telling them that you know that when Jesus Christ comes, there's all these prophecies 
in the Old Testament and with Jesus talking about when, when he's going to come again, that he's going to come as a thief in the night. He's going to come in a blink of an eye when he comes and takes his children up into heaven. And so he's telling us to be watchful, to be, um, to be aware of all of the signs that are taking place, all the things that you see uh, happening in this life. And, you know, when you focus on all of this stuff happening, on the global pandemic and on the rumors of wars and the wars that are happening, sometimes you can become overwhelmed if you don't pay attention to the word. If you're not focused on the word, all of those things might become frightening. All of those things might become scary. But Jesus said over in the, in, uh, in the Gospels, he was talking about in the end times, there's going to be rumors of war, there's going to be earthquakes in diverse places, and there's going to be all these things, but don't let your heart be troubled. So there's, there's something about having the supernatural faith of Christ in us that allows us to not be troubled, even though all these things are happening, and we need to be aware of all of these things as well. We're not supposed to hide under a rock and pretend nothing's happening. It pretends there's, there's peace everywhere when there's actually not. That's not what we're called to do. We're supposed to know what's happening so we can respond through faith. And so he, Paul says here that they will say there is peace and safety. And he's talking about people of the world. The people of the world are going to say there's peace, there's safety. Do this, there's peace. If you do this, there's going to be safe. If you do this, you're going to be safe. And they try to make all of these things appear safe and peaceful. But in reality, it says destruction comes upon them. As travail upon a woman with a child, they will not escape. So there's going to be, there's going to be all of this craziness that happens in this day and age, and I believe we're seeing the beginnings of it. We're we're seeing people who are are they're they're more concerned about their own personal well-being, their their own personal wealth, their own personal things in life above people, and that's just all the beginning of things to come. All of the the craziness you're going to see in the world, all the things that Scripture talks about when it comes to end times. And so he's saying to be watchful, to be um, sober-minded and not to be drunken in a way of, you know, when you're, when you're drunk, you don't understand what's happening. You, things aren't uh, reality to you. You're, you're kind of, you're, your brain doesn't understand things. They can't comprehend things. And he compares that with sleeping as well. Don't be sleeping. Don't be asleep. You're children of light. You're awake. In other words, I remember when I was... Um, when I would take naps and I have to be somewhere uh, within that next hour, I would wake up suddenly and I would stumble around the house trying to figure out what I'm doing because I'm still, I'm still waking up. So even when you're asleep, it takes a while for you to fully come to, to, to reality, to your senses, what's going on. And so that's what Paul's saying. He says, you're not in darkness that you should let the, the thief overtake you. You are children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So do not sleep as the others do, but be watchful and be sober. So we have to be watchful with things that are happening. We can't just ignore things that are happening because it's scary or because it might be frightful. Things are going to happen, but we have to be aware of them. And the, the good news of this is that we are children of light and not children of darkness. And we're going to go to some scripture after this. Um, kind of showing us what's the significance of being a child of the light and being a child who is awake, who is a child that's not asleep, a child of the light. In 1 Peter chapter 5, the scriptures say, Be sober and be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. 
seeking whom he may devour. If the enemy then was walking around seeking whom he may devour, he's going to be doing that today even more. Because then they were further from the end times than we are today. We're closer to the last days. We're closer to Christ's return. And the closer we get to that, the more the enemy is going to push his objective to deceive people, to keep people in bondage, to keep people uh, um, in condemnation, things that we're never supposed to be in. He's going to attack people even more in those areas to keep them away from the light, to keep them away from the good news. And so if the enemy was going to do that then, if he's seeking people to devour, then he is definitely doing it now. And that's why we have to be awake. We have to be sober. We have to be vigilant, actively looking for his tricks, for his traps. And you do that by knowing the word. You do that by reading his word, understanding his word, knowing what his word says about you and about your life. There's too much, there's too many things that are happening in this world for us to not be aware, for us to not be uh not have our guard up when it comes to the enemy and when it comes to deception and when it comes to all that stuff. We have to be aware. You know, last year, I remember people were always talking about the new normal and the, the new normal we're living in and, and being masked up and, and being six feet distance and all these things. That was the new normal. And just yesterday, I, was on the, I heard the radio of a, an ad of someone saying that exact thing. This is just the new normal. Remember, after your vaccinations, you got to get your shot. You got to do this. Still wear a mask, have a distance. It's just the new normal. And they're still pushing that new normal today. And people are asking me all the time, what's this new normal? Do you think this is a new normal? But scriptures do say that when the end comes, people are going to be marrying. They're going to be laughing. They're going to be having parties, just like they used to do in the days of Noah. So we know that it's not going to be like this forever. We have to eventually go back to normal, to how things were before this pandemic, before these things took place. We have to go back to normal. And so you can have a hope in that with all these crazy things that are happening. And it seems that, it seems that things are lifting today, that things are kind of uh, less demanding, that states are opening back up, but there's still... This, there's still this push, there's a mandate that they have that they're trying to instill fear in people as, as still. And for some people, they don't have a hope. They don't have a hope to look for because of all the things that are happening. But our hope is that when the end comes, things have to go back to normal. Things have to look like they used to look back in the day where people weren't afraid of going to Target because of a virus. People weren't afraid to go do certain things. It has to go back to normal. And so that can, that can be our hope right now for this current life that it's not always going to be like this. It's not always going to, to get to this point. Uh, it's not going to always be so strict and, and so uh, uh, tied down to all these rules. Eventually, we have to go back to normal. And there's too much commotion going on in the world for Jesus to just come back right now. And you can look at that as a sign of we're not there yet. We're not at the end yet. We're not at the finish line yet. There's going to be more of this commotion. There's going to be more of this destruction. There's going to be times of peace. There's going to be times of safety that the world offers. But we can look to all these things and know the end's coming. Jesus is coming back for us. We don't have to live in this world forever. The end is near. It might not be in our lifetime, but 
just be well assured that we have a hope that Jesus will be coming back for us. And so that's how we don't worry. We don't worry about these things that are all taking place because we have a hope that Jesus Christ is coming back for his children, that he, he has a call for us to go to heaven and he's going to come back for us when he does. One of the scriptures that I absolutely love is in Psalm chapter 91. Psalm chapter 91. So it says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. So he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under his shadow of the Almighty. So these are things that you do, that you are. So you are in the secret place of the Most High. You are a, if you are a Christ follower, you are in the secret place of the Most High. He says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and he is my fortress, my God in him I will trust. We're not to put our trust in man and put our trust in in doctors or politicians or uh, people in, in, in high leadership roles in this life. We're not supposed to put our trust in them, even pastors. Pastors are still people. They are still human and they still make mistakes just like anyone else. They still have downfalls just like anyone else. Not all, but some. So we have to make sure we're not putting our trust in men. We're not putting our, our whole life, our belief in a certain person. There's many times where I hear of pastors who, um, who fall into adultery or they do, they do these things that are not good and everyone following them no longer wants to be a Christian anymore because their pastor has fallen. And that's just showing that they put their trust in them. They put their trust in a person of leadership, in a person of a powerful position. And the word says that we put our trust in the Lord. We put our trust in Him. We say He's our Lord. He's our refuge. He's our fortress. My God in Him will I trust. You know, <clears throat> like I said in, in Thessalonians, that they will say there's peace and safety, but suddenly there's destruction. It says they will say that there's peace and safety. And I'm sure right now all these people in leadership in the, in the government or just anywhere in the world, they're trying to get people to feel at peace and at safety. But we know that we don't put our trust in that. We don't put our trust in people. We put our trust in the Lord. It doesn't matter if tomorrow another outbreak of a pandemic happened uh, and it went all over the world. It doesn't matter what happens because our peace and our trust is in the Lord. We trust in the Lord. And this is why we trust Him. It says, Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. And that word pestilence literally means plague. It is literally the word for plague and specifically the bubonic plague, which means bacterial disease plague. So when we see scriptures like this, he'll deliver us from the snare of the fowler. The snare just means the trap a trap of the enemy, uh, specifically a bear trap that you would you have a, and something enticing for them to walk into and they pull a stick and all of a sudden they get trapped up. There's a lot of things in the world that are very enticing for the eye. They're, they're very uh, 
enticing to the flesh. Our flesh likes to indulge ourselves in pleasure. And that's one of the ways the enemy likes us to be trapped. And so when we're putting our trust in the Lord, when we're abiding in his secret place under his shadow, he will deliver us from the snare of the fowler and the noisome pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall trust him. His truth will be a shield and a buckler. You will not be afraid for the terror by night, nor by the arrow that flies by day, nor by the noisome pestilence, there's that word again, that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noon day. A thousand will fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes you will behold and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, which is your refuge, even in the Most High, your habitation. There shall be no evil befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. So this is a promise for us. This is a promise for us because we're children of light. And the children of light are receptive to His that They receive His promises. It doesn't matter what you're going through. He, the promises are there for us. It's, a, it's an inheritance that we have. So everything in, the, in here is for us. And it goes on to say, He shall give His angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash a foot against a stone. So these are talking about angels here, that we have angels. And I'm sure you've heard of a guardian angel in your life. You've heard that, oh, my guardian angel's watching over me. And we do have angels. We have angels that are protecting us. They're walking with us. They're keeping us from things. Scriptures say here that they are charged over us to keep us in all of our ways. And what's the ways that we're referring to here? At the very beginning of Psalm 91. That if you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, if you abide under the shadow, if you say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God and Him I trust. Those are all of the ways that those angels are there to protect us from or to keep us in, to keep us in those ways. And it says, At any, they shall bear up in their hands lest you dash your foot against a stone. And I love this picture because imagine if you're walking, you're walking down a path and and you're looking at your destination. You're not looking at the ground. Uh, how many times when you're, when you're going to a destination do you look at the floor instead of looking at where you're going? Whenever you look at the floor, you're going to be walking all in different directions because you're not looking at a single target. You're just looking at the ground moving. So when you're looking, you're not looking at every stone that's on the ground. And so the angels are there to, to look for you, to see all of these things that could trip you up. And they will lift you up as if you have no work to do. You're just continuing to walk, and they're going to protect you. It's a beautiful picture on the protection that we have from the Lord. The protection against, what, the noisome pestilence, the arrow that flies by day, or, yeah, in the day, the destruction that wastes at noonday. There's all of these things that are happening that's referring to that we're protected from because we are in this secret place. Now, notice it says, you will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. One of the reasons people do not see all of these promises come to pass is because they're not abiding. They're not abiding in the Word. 
You know, the shadow of the Almighty is a term that's used a lot in Scripture, the shadow, the shadow, the shadow. In the Old Testament, the, the, all the things in the Old Testament are a shadow of things to come, meaning they're not the real deal. They're just the resemblance of the real deal. And, you know, the resemblance of the Almighty is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was the perfect resemblance of God the Father. He was the spit image of God. He looked, uh, he, he did everything because of what the Lord God said in heaven. He, everything he did was in, in direct communication and direct sync with God the Father. He didn't act on his own. He didn't do his own thing. He only did what the Father told him. And so when you abide in him, Jesus said in John 15, abide in me and I in you for the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. When you abide in the Lord, you can be, rest, uh, you can be uh, well assured that all of these things are going to pass. All of these protections, all of these things from the noisome pestilence and the destruction, everything that the world's offering, that the world tries to do and harm you, that, that a- the enemy wants to harm you with, we're protected. All of these things are bearing fruit in our life. When you go to someone and you say, I haven't been sick in nearly five years because of the Lord, that is protection and that's bearing fruit. That's going to have someone question, well, how do you do that? How is that? Everyone gets sick. How do you not get sick? It's because I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. But the reason why many people aren't seeing this is because they're not abiding. They're not abiding. And when you abide somewhere, you're dwelling there. You're always there. You're, you're in constant communication uh, with whoever you're there with. Me and my wife, we abide in this home. This is our home. We may go on vacation, but we come back on this, th- to this home. This is where we live. This is where we have fellowship. This is where we conduct our ministry. This is where we do everything. We abide here. We live here. And this is our home. But when you don't abide, when you're in vacation, when you do something and you're, and you're, you're making uh, vacation time under the shadow of the Almighty, you're not going to see all of these protections. It's like you're under a giant umbrella and you step out of it to do your own thing, and you come back because you got wet, and then you step back out because you want to do something else, then you're going to get wet because you're not under the umbrella. You're not abiding under the umbrella. But that's one of the reasons why so many people aren't seeing this protection. They're not seeing this covering, this feather covering that it says in the Scripture that He will cover us with His feathers like a picture of a bird that has all of its babies right next to it and whenever it starts to rain it covers them with their feathers so that they won't get wet so that they don't get soiled in the water that's how we're protected now I don't feel like we think about that that much we don't think about God protects us all the time God is always looking for a way to protect us but if we're not under the shadow we're not going to be protected if we're doing whatever we want to fulfill our own desires to fill our own pleasure We're stepping out of that every single time, every time. And even though we're the children of light, we can step out and do our own thing and not be under that protection. Notice the scripture. Now, it's interesting because in Matthew, with Jesus in his uh, 40-day fast, he went to the wilderness and Satan came and tempted him with scripture. He used this scripture that says, He will give angels charge over you to keep you in your ways. And he manipulates scripture and says, 
his angels are sent over you to keep you in all of your ways. But that's not what scripture says. Scripture says in your ways about the secret place, this being in the secret place, abiding in the secret place, not just doing whatever you want in all of your ways, and his angels are there to protect you. And then he goes on to say that when it says, you, uh, they will bear you up in their hands lest you dash a foot against a stone. Satan throws in at any time lest you dash a foot against a stone, giving the assumption that I can do whatever I want and I'm still protected. And a lot of people think that. A lot of people have that mentality that oh, I can do whatever I want. Grace covers me. And they find themselves in hardship. They find themselves in trouble. They find themselves doing things that they weren't supposed to do. They're in a bad situation now because of what they've done. And you know, God's grace is, st is still available. It is always available to us. And when we recognize, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. Well, then we get back under that protection. God's able to take us out of all that, that junk and all that garbage. But the scriptures do not say we can do whatever we want. And then we're under that protection. Whatever we want to do and we're covered. We have a responsibility to abide under the shadow, to abide in God's word, to abide with Jesus. You know, the more you spend time with someone, the more you start to look like them. The more you spend time, I had a best friend that moved away, his name was Andrew. Whenever I would spend time with him, I would start to dress like him, I would start to talk like him, I would start to wanna be him because he was my mentor, he was one of my best friends, and I wanted to be like him. And I notice that when you're, when you're with the Word, when you're with Jesus, you start to act like Him. You start to talk like Him. You start to imitate Him. And I heard a story uh, of Jeremy Pearson's. And he said that one time they were uh, either out of town or just doing something out in the town. And they have their little daughter who looks just like his wife, Sarah, just like her. And they're walking around and this stranger, out of nowhere, just looks at both of them and says, Oh my gosh, she looks just like you. And it was, it's so cute because their daughter resembled their parents, and, and that's what every parent wants. And they got them thinking, Man, you know what she did, the daughter did, to look like the parents? Nothing. Because she's born from them. She is their seed. She did nothing to do. She, had, she did nothing to look like her parents. She just looked like them because she belongs to them. And that got me thinking about Jesus and how we're his seed. And we're supposed to be just like him. We are imitators of Christ. We're little Christ. We are made in his image. We don't have to do anything to look like him. We are him. We, we do look like him. But you know, when people aren't in the word, when people aren't spending time with him, that look starts to go away. That look starts to disappear because they've disassociated themselves with, with, from him. They've, they've gone out of their way to purposely not look like him. You know, me and my dad, we look pretty alike. But if I went and buzzed my head and got tattoos on my face and got piercings and tried as hard as I can not to look like him, on the outside, I might not look like him anymore. But when I remove all of those things, I'll look just like him again. And because we're born into him, we're born into his family, when you're in his word, when you're abiding in his word, you just look like him. You just begin to look like Jesus. And I'm, I am sure if you look like him, if you talk like him, if you act like him, all of these things will come to pass.
All of them. Because you're abiding. You can't look like Jesus if, unless you're abiding. That's the only way you can look like Jesus is if you abide. And I had a hard time understanding, what does abiding mean? Like, what does that mean? You're not a physical place for me to go, the church, but that's once a week. How do I abide in Jesus? How do I be with him? Right here. The word of God is Jesus. The word is the, the written word of Jesus. It is him condensed into these pages, but not limited to these pages. He's everything and more. But when you spend time with the Word, when you get into His Word, when you get into His presence, you know, many people, they try to get into His presence with feelings and with emotions, and they want to play cool music and have dim lights and light the candles, and then God's presence is here. And that's just emotion. That's just a feeling that they get. It's just a, a goosebump every once in a while. That's not His presence. That's just your emotions. His presence is right here. His presence is all around us. It's inside of us. It's, it's consuming us. It's everywhere. And the sooner you realize, I am in the presence of Him, and you acknowledge I'm in the presence of Him, and you spend time with that, you're abiding. You are abiding. And I love this because we love feeling. We love the instant gratification of emotions. And when, when something good happens, we get those good emotions. Something bad happens, we don't feel that well. But when you know, I don't need a good emotion to know my Jesus is here with me. When you understand that, that changes everything. It did for me. When I understood that, I don't have to get goosebumps every time. I remember I used to talk to her when we were dating. And I would tell her when we would listen to worship music or listen to something. I would tell her, whenever I get goosebumps, I feel like the Lord's with me. And this is before I knew this. This is before I fully understood. He's always with me. He's always with He's inside of me. I would always say that, though. I get goosebumps whenever the Lord's presence is here, when the Lord's presence is strong. But now, I can tell you, I still get goosebumps to this day because I'm aware of His presence. But there are some days I don't feel nothing, absolutely nothing. But that doesn't change the fact He's still with me. His presence is still here. And when you acknowledge it, when you understand that it is here, and when you understand this is His presence, that reading His Word is His presence, then, then you should feel the emotions kick in. Then you start to understand, okay, now He's here with me. Now I have the goosebumps again because He is with me. I can feel He's with me because I'm aware of His presence. I can be with Stephanie all day long, but if I don't acknowledge her, if I don't talk to her, if I don't ask her how her day was doing, or how her day's been, if I don't ask her those kind of questions, I'm not going to get any emotion out of her, from her. I'm not going to feel good about my day because she was just here. I'm not going to feel those things because I didn't acknowledge her. I wasn't aware of her. I didn't do anything to ignite the relationship all day long. I just assumed she was going to do something for me. <laughs> I didn't acknowledge her. That would do nothing. In the same way with the Lord, sometimes we just think God's just going to intervene and just show up His presence and just, here I am, do what I say. But that's not what He is. He's a gentleman. His Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's never going to intrude. He wants to be invited. He wants you to acknowledge Him. Even though He's already with you, He wants to be acknowledged. And when He's acknowledged, when you acknowledge Him, you will be aware and you will feel good. Every time. You will feel good. Now, 
I bring all this up because all of these things in this, in this psalm are Old Testament promises, promising people that if they obeyed the law, if they were in the law and, under, and, and, and following the law, they would be freed from curses and from sicknesses and all these things. But now we have a greater promise because we don't live under the law anymore. First Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that he was made to be sin for us who knew no, no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We are the righteousness of God in him. When was the last time you looked in the mirror and said, I am righteous? When? Probably none. Never. That's because we don't understand we are righteous, that we are made the righteousness of God in Him. When you understand that you are, you're not just righteous, you are His righteousness. You are His righteousness. It will unlock so much, so much uh, truth in your life, power in your life, because you're His righteousness, not your own righteousness. Nothing you can do to, can make you righteous. I don't care what you've done. You could have been a billionaire by the age of 20. You're not righteous. You're only righteous because of Him. You're His righteousness. And when you understand that you're His righteousness, that means there's no more sin that can keep you from this promise. The sin aspect of life doesn't keep you away from the protection. It's you that move away because the sin uh, hurts your emotions. It hurts your mind. And so you no longer think, God can protect me anymore. God can protect me from this because I sinned yesterday. I did this yesterday. I'm not good enough for protection. That's not what happens when we move away from the shadow. When you move away from the shadow, it's because you just want to do your own thing. You're not even aware of the protection anymore because you're too focused on the natural. You're too focused on external. Sin doesn't keep you away from God's blessings, but sin limits you from being aware of it. And when you're not aware of the blessing, it's just as good as not even having it because it does you no good. It does you no benefit. When you're not aware of something, just like I, if I'm not aware of my wife being in the same room, there's no benefit going on. It'd be better if she's not there because at least I know I didn't miss out on something. Right? But when you're aware of sin, when you're aware of, man, I messed up yesterday. I feel guilty. That's the enemy. That's the enemy coming in to condemn you. And when that happens, it's so much harder to receive these blessings. It's so much harder to say uh, that a thousand will fall at my side, 10,000 at my other side, but nothing will hurt me. It is hard to say that when you feel guilty about something, when you feel like you've done something wrong. But understanding that you are the righteousness of God means that it cannot impact you, that that sin cannot impact your right standing with God. And if you're a children of light, you cannot go back to darkness. You cannot leave the light. Because you know why? The absence of light is called darkness. But darkness, it doesn't ex uh, light cannot exist in darkness. If there's a little bit of light in darkness, that means it's light. But there cannot be any darkness in light. So if you're a child of light, you cannot go back to darkness because you will consume, you will overpower the darkness with your light. And the light is Christ. The light is Christ living inside of you. 
no darkness can literally overpower you because the light is too magnified. The light is too strong. And I love that, that there can be no darkness in light, zero darkness in light. Did you know that you can get brighter and brighter and brighter and you can get hotter and hotter and hotter, but you can only get so dark and so cold. There's limits to negativity and just in, in laws of, of life, in the laws of physics, that you can only get to a certain black point to where it's just, it's the, it's just the, the deepest black you can go. You can't get further. But there is no limit to how bright something can shine. Zero limit. And that's so incredible to, to understand that there is zero limit to light. And I say this too because even just with, with lights and the, and the fans and the ceilings and, and the lights that we use for our productions and stuff, um, the lights have a number, a, uh, a dimming number. It's zero to 100. So if you go all the way to 100, it's the, it's the brightness. But if you go to zero, it's, it's, the, it's the darkest dark. And you can't go past zero at all. My light is the light that we use is fixed to a specific lumen, which is the specific brightness. But you can get a brighter light, and then you can get a brighter light, and you can get a brighter light. But every single light has one stopping point for darkness, and it's zero. Every single light. But you can get brighter. That's why it's so important to know that if you're the righteousness of Christ, if you're the righteousness of God, and you are the child of light, Sin cannot harm you. Sin cannot affect you because, have you ever heard the, the term a sinner saved by grace? That I'm just a sinner saved by grace? That's a contradiction. You cannot be a sinner saved by grace because the word sinner means unrighteous. Unrighteous. And if God's word is calling us righteous, then that means we cannot be a sinner saved by grace. We are just the righteousness of God. That is who we are. We might have used to be a sinner and we're saved by grace, but we are no longer sinners saved by grace. We are the righteousness of God through Christ. In Matthew chapter 6, I'm landing the plane now. I'm getting to my point. <laughs> I say all of this. Because when you understand that you're the righteousness of God, all of those promises and psalms is for you. All of those protections, everything that you're protected from in those scriptures is for you today. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. Those are for you. Because you're a child of light. In Matthew 6, I want to read this out of the Amplified Version. Because I love what it, how it depicts what Jesus wants to tell us. In Matthew 6, 25, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried about your life. What shall you eat? Or what shall you drink? Or about your body? What you will put on? Is not life greater in quality than food, and the body far more above and excellent than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. Neither do they sow, nor do they reap, or gather into barns, but 
your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not much more than they? And who of you, by worrying and being anxious, can add one unit of measure to his height or to the span of his life? And why should you be anxious about your clothes? Consider the lilies of the field and learn thoroughly how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his magnificence was not arrayed like one of these. And Solomon was the richest and the wisest man to ever live the face of the earth. And he wasn't even arrayed like this. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and green, but tomorrow tossed into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry and be anxious, saying, What are we going to eat, or what are we going to drink, or what are we going to wear? For the Gentiles wish for and crave and diligently seek all of these things, for your heavenly Father knows well that you need them all. But seek, aim at, and strive after the kingdom of God and His righteousness, His way of doing and being right first. And then all of these things taken together will be given to you. So don't be worried or do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will have its worries and its anxieties of its own. Sufficient for each day is its own trouble. The words of Jesus. This is one of my favorite, favorite words of Jesus. Look at the lilies. Consider the lilies. Do they toil? Do they spin? Yet they still grow. They are still able to grow in life and they don't have to work for it. They just do it. And this is the rest that we have. This is the assurance that we have that because we're children of light, we're children of light, we can't be in darkness. We're prone for blessings. We're prone for His grace. We're prone for having an abundant life. And if you're not living an abundant life, if you're going through sickness and you're going through poverty and you're going through all these things, that's darkness stuff. You don't need any of it. That is darkness bound. That's where the darkness lives. And if you're a child of light, you have no part and no, no, no partaking of that. It doesn't belong to us. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. If we allow it to happen, it's going to happen. But if we understand we're children of light, that we don't... We don't have to worry. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. What's tomorrow gonna, what's worrying about tomorrow gonna do for us? Jesus said, is it gonna add more height to you? No. Is it gonna add more life to your days? No. It's gonna do you the opposite. It's gonna make you shorter. <laughs> That's why short people are always angry. <laughs> I just kid. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Hey, I'm almost your hype. <laughs> but there's so, so much power in these words. Not to worry. doesn't matter what's happening tomorrow. Like I said, there could be a nuclear war that breaks out tomorrow. Are we going to panic? No. Why? Because we're children of light. We're protected. We don't need to worry about what we're going to eat what we're going to wear, what we're going to do, because our Lord has already provided it for us. You know, we're entering into a, 
amazing season in our life right now. Um, as all of you know that I worked full time and as of last week, I got the blessing of a lifetime. I'm able to work full time for our ministry now and no longer work full time at, at a job, at a, at a workplace. And to many people, that's worrisome. What are you gonna do? How are you gonna eat? How are you gonna survive? And a lot of people might react that way, but man, 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 the Lord has really showed us His grace in the, whole, in the past year, the entire year of COVID-19. He showed us so much grace, provision, well-being. He protected us so much, not because of, like, of, of who we are and, and what we've accomplished, but because we simply abided. That's all we did. We abided in His Word, and we were able to see these things. And I have, a, I have a small little testimony from yesterday. <laughs> yesterday was a weird day for me. I had a wedding shoot. No, it was a, it was a quinceanera shoot. And I don't know where I started feeling really lightheaded. And my heart started pounding. And uh, I left <laughs> the quinceanera out of nowhere just to come back home to re re uh, uh, get my, my bearings. Yeah. And after like 30 minutes, I was here. And then I went back. And uh, my, the whole day, my stomach started hurting. I was why is my stomach hurting? I think I had food poisoning or something. But, you know, I, my mom sent me a text, and my dad encouraged me, and my wife encouraged me throughout the day. I just kept standing. Nope. I am, I am a child of the Lord. I'm protected. This cannot touch me. I do not have to deal with this. I'm going to be fine. And even though for a couple of minutes my, my stomach was still hurting, hours my stomach was still hurting, Towards the very end, I pursued, I still fought, and I felt 100% better before the event was over. And normally, I would have just gone home and just rested the whole entire day and not taken a paycheck from it because it, it was a paid shoot. And if I would have come home, I wouldn't have gotten paid. But when I went back, I finished the job and I still got paid the full amount. And you know what? When you have a promise that nothing can befall you, no evil will come near you, no plague will come near your dwelling. Although it might try to creep in, you gotta remind it, remind who the enemy is under your foot. The Bible says that the, that the enemies are the Lord's footstools. And if we're seated in heavenly places with Jesus, we're seated with God, that means all of His enemies are our enemies. And if His enemies are His footstools, our enemies are our footstools. And I made that enemy my footstool all day long, and I conquered it, and today I'm completely 100% fine, as if nothing happened. My dad texted me today, how are you feeling? I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, and you know, most people, they hear, they'll hear that, and they'll say, you're just in denial. You're just denying what happened. No, I'm not. I 100% admit what happened yesterday. And I also admit that I was healed that same day, that same hour. And it's because of the word. It is because of the word. And this isn't the first time something's had to try to take on me. I've had to, it's a battle. You're, we're always going to battle, battle the, the enemy and battle things that he tries to do with us. And that's why the scriptures say, be sober, be vigilant. Because your, your adversary, the devil, is going to look to devour you. He's seeking around to devour. We have to be sober. We have to be quick-minded. Not sleepy. We cannot be sleepy. Because even if you wake up from your sleep, you still 
have to collect yourself. You still have to get some time. I remember when I was living at home, my dad would always take naps between his, uh, in his lunch hour and he would wake up frantic because he was thinking he was late. And there were times where he literally just shot out the door, sleepwalking almost, getting in his car and taking off because he was gonna be late to work. And I would see him walking and he would stumble around. You're not awake when you wake up from a sleep. You have to get some, some time. That's why people can't be talked to until they have coffee. <laughs> but we have to be awake. But while we're awake, we have to know what's our promise. Know what's our security, what's our real peace, our real safety. The world's going to say there's peace and safety like the scriptures say. But the word of God is where we look for our peace, where we look to our safety. Isaiah says that um, if we keep our minds on the Lord, we will have perfect peace. Perfect peace. And I always tell people, if you're not in perfect peace, it's because your mind is not on Him. If you're experiencing anything but perfect peace, your mind is somewhere else. You're worried on what's going to happen tomorrow. You're worried about your next paycheck. You're worried about something to where you're not in perfect peace, to where your mind is not on Jesus. And these are all great indicators for us to learn from, to us to realize, man, I'm not in perfect peace. There's something wrong. Something, something must be off because I am not feeling at peace. It's not for you to stay there. It's not for you to live in. It's for you to recognize something's off and get back on track. Lord, we thank you for the night. I thank you for your word, Lord. You, your word is so perfect for everything. Your scriptures say that it is perfect for us, for, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction, and righteousness, so we can be thoroughly equipped, perfect, for all good works, Father. And Lord, we believe that right now a good work has begun. A good work is continuing, Lord, in this ministry, and we believe you are faithful to finish this. Whatever this call is in the ministry, whatever the future is for this ministry, Lord, we know you are faithful to finish it. We know you are faithful to get us to where we have to go and continue it whenever our time is gone. And we know that this is just the beginning, that this is just, this is just the start, Father, of, of your kingdom expanding in Visalia in this local community. And we know that it's going to impact many lives. And Father, we thank you for, for what you've done in, in this room alone. We're excited for the future. We're excited to move from this room to our building and, uh, and reach more people, get more people saved, get them out of bondage, get them out of this darkness and pull them into your light so that they can experience all of this as well. You are such a great Father. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Deep Rooted Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this, and if you'd like to hear more from Matthew and Stephanie, subscribe to this podcast and visit our website at deeprootedministries.com. From there, you will be able to contact us directly, access our live Bible study archives, and so much more. You can also find out how to partner with us in sharing the gospel all across the world. Be blessed today, continue living in the victory, and remember that you are always welcome here in our family of faith.